Blog Talk Radio. Presidente, I am your host. I am on loan from God for the next two hours. I will guide you through this crazy world of sports that we have. And I tell you what, it is always exciting. Remember, I said last week October is the best uh, month of the year, not only because it's it's the month of my birth, but because it's. I mean, uh, for us baseball fans, I mean, I'm a baseball geek. Everybody knows that. But I'm even more geeked up now because my St. Louis Cardinals, even though they lost last night's best seven, I'm I'm ready to rock and roll. Locked and loaded. We're down to final four. We've got the Nationals. Wow. Nationals. And I wish we were going to be able to have Steve Wilson on uh, from Speedway Digest. He's down in Talladega doing the Dega thing, and he is not able to join us today. Uh, but he's a big Nationals fan. And I, I, I told him, I said, man, uh, on via text, I said, our friendship is strong, but go Cardinals. That's right, go Cardinals. And so we'll see what happens between the Cardinals and the Nationals as, as that series develops. And we're going to talk a little bit more about the MLB and how that came down into the Final Four. And then, of course, the Yankees and the Astros. I mean, a lot of people had the Astros right there. And I think um, in the American League, that's played out exactly how a lot of uh, prognostic haters uh, – man, that's a big word to say on a Saturday morning – uh, said so we got that to talk about standing by in our green green room is Matthew Embry from WSBT up in South Bend joins us talking about some IndyCar funny season Ben there's a big game in uh, with Notre Dame uh, the, today Notre Dame and USC a lot of eyes on this game and I, I mean and this game by all rights I mean even though Notre Dame has had a relatively good season and we, we've seen them take care of some business. Uh, Virginia was probably one of their biggest wins. Uh, I was up there for that game, and that was a fantastic uh, atmosphere and environment to go see. But USC and Notre Dame, always a big matchup, so we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about that later on also in the in the second hour. And then uh, Matthew Hicks joins us. We're going to be talking some Colts, some NFL some just uh, mixed bag. You know how you like you go into Kroger and you you buy that bag. You don't know what's there, and and so we're just going to be talking just sports, uh, MLB, uh, Colts, uh, a lot to talk about with the Colts. Andrew Luck showed up at the Colts complex this week uh, to uh, to be with the team and Jacoby Percet, which you know put on your tinfoil hat. As, as I said, I think he'll be back. We'll see what happens. He won't be back this year, obviously. Uh, so it's Jacoby Brissett's team. Uh, but uh, Andrew Luck showing up there. We might see him uh, pop up in the future. That's just is what I'm saying there. Just uh, my prediction there. And then going into the second hour, 
We've got Tony Donahue on the Tony D podcast. Rick Reagan, our official college football contributor, going to be breaking down college football and having some more talk about the MLB, NLS, NLCS, National League Championship Series, and the American League Championship Series. And then at the last segment of the show, we got ourselves some Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. Our official NFL uh, contributor joins us uh, to talk uh, uh, about uh, the NFL going into to week six. So I tell you what, stick around. It's about to get good. 917-889-8516 is our digits. We'll be right back right here. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous pork chop down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Portland, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. 
like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Time to kick things off. Joining us now is Matthew Embry, our official IndyCar contributor from WSBT up in South Bend. Matt, uh, and we're going to be talking to Miller Dame also, but Matthew, how is you, sir? Welcome back. What a loaded day in the sports world for a sporting fan. I mean, not only do you have Notre Dame USC today, you have the Ironman World Championships in Hawaii. That should be a wild race today. And, of course, also the final race of the IMSA season, Petit Le Mans, and the final race for the seventh-generation Corvette. Of course, they switched the brand-new C8R, the mid-engine Screamer at Daytona, coming up in January. So a lot to be excited for today, no question. Yeah, absolutely. And I tell you what, talking about – we'll get into the Notre Dame game here in just a minute, but you weren't – you weren't here last week when uh, we talked a little bit about my experience up in South Bend. My very first, uh, as much as I'm into sports, and you would think that I have been there, but it's certainly been on my bucket list. I had never been to a home game at Notre Dame. And I had an opportunity uh, against the, at the Virginia game uh, to go up to, to South Bend, and uh, we stayed there in Rochester um, about 45 minutes, 40 minutes or so from uh, South Bend and rolled in, and we did it all from dawn to the end of the game. I mean, it was still dark when we uh, rolled into the golf course over there by South Bend, and, and um, I tell you what, got to go to the to just all of everything. It's It's more than just the game. It's an experience. And just to go and see South Bend and, and – and Notre Dame, you don't get the the. I literally got goosebumps when I walked in, and, and and then I saw touchdown Jesus, and and got to touch the Heisman. So I did it all. I did the regatta, did the chapel. I mean, I did it all, and I was totally wore out. But what an experience a South Bend uh, experience is, uh, Matthew. It's probably second nature to you. Like a lot of people come here to Indianapolis and visit the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and are in awe for their first time. It's like second nature to us, but it was a, a good time. So I, I, I tell you what, I'm excited to uh, to uh, see what happens with Notre Dame and this 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 year. And you know, I, maybe I have a new favorite team, a second favorite team anyway, uh, outside of my Hoosiers, but. But, man, what an experience that was, Matthew. Well, at least you went to a game where they won. I remember the six games I w- when I collected interviews my second year at WSBT, and they didn't, and they lost all six of those home games, and they went three and nine that year. So, uh, But uh, nonetheless, it's a big deal. I think, obviously, uh, it's going to be a bigger deal tonight. Uh, you have uh, 
a Notre Dame team, I think, that's still trying to find their identity, particularly on the offensive side of the ball. The defense, obviously, I think is going to carry a lot of the weight, especially with USC and their athletic receivers. That's always been a strength for them. Uh, the only question is, uh, in my mind, is is the health of uh, Keaton Slovis. Uh, supposedly he is going to get the start tonight over Matt Fink. And uh, if Slovis is back to 100%, uh, it could be a very competitive game. But uh, I think right now uh, the concern right now is on Ian Book and obviously on the return of Jafar Armstrong at running back. Uh, they need to get that running game going, I'd say, to have a real chance to win this game tonight. And uh, if it's all down to Ian Book, uh, this could be a game where Notre Dame has trouble. They keep talking about things like the trap game. This certainly could be a trap game for Notre Dame if they uh, do not get the running game going tonight. Well, they absolutely have to. And Ian Book absolutely cannot pass that ball. It's dangerous when he does. But let's get into some IndyCar funny season, and we'll get back into uh, Notre Dame uh, uh, football here in just a moment. Obviously, Joseph Newgarden wins the championship. Huge win for him uh, and, and for, for Team Penske as well. Give us a recap, 2019 IndyCar. I mean, it's hard to believe that it came and gone. It was like a blink of the eye. And I remember we were just talking, hey, we're getting ready for the Indy 500. And so many things happen. And then we've got the new uh, the, the new uh, Shield uh Arrow shield that on the on the car, but let, let's get into this real quickly. Let's get a recap of 2019. Obviously, Alexander Rossi, and you know, I, I said all along that Colton Herta would be the um, yeah, rookie of the year, but I was totally uh, wrong on that. So talk with us a little bit. Uh, obviously, Sebastian got the uh, rookie of the year award. Neither one of us were right on that. Remember, we had our our, our ongoing bet on that. But IndyCar 2019. Give us a recap. Let's walk into the funny season, sir. Uh, actually, I won that bet because I said Rosenquist was the pick, and he got it. So. Oh, I thought you know was... what? I thought you. I thought you said. Um, no, you said uh, um, the other guy. Uh, I can't pronounce his name. Okay. Ferrucci, maybe, but you yeah, said Ferrucci. That's who you said was going to be. Don't try to backpedal oh, yeah. on me. I, I... <laughs> I'm telling you, it just the thing is. I mean, yes, we know Colton Herta is a future star, but he needs the consistency, and he is lacking. I mean, you just can't go balls to the wall the entire season. You're going to get involved in some wrecks. You're going to make some mistakes. And uh, I think right now there needs to be a little bit more maturity level, I think. And that will come with time and experience uh, before Colton Herta is a serious title contender. I think he's going to win races, but I just don't think he's going to be the title contender until that maturity uh, kicks in. I mean, but we keep forgetting he's still only 19 years old. He still has a lot to learn in this business. And, uh, of course, now being uh, technically a full-time Andretti driver now, that Andretti has uh, kind of – merge the team uh, hardy racing into its program so uh be very curious to see how things go in year two uh for colton herda and certainly for felix rosenquist now that he has an idea of what all the tracks are with the exception of richmond which joins the schedule this upcoming year uh, i think we could see a breakout from uh, felix rosenquist and of course the big news this week ganassi expanding to at least three teams uh with the addition now of marcus erickson Yes, yes, that was a big press release that came out this week, and um, that that 
what was I going to say? I, I had my in my mind. I don't have my notes right here with me, but I was going to make a comment about that. But that was kind of a surprise. Well, it says one thing is you have a bunch of Cadassi employees that are probably going to be out of a job if not for this team. As uh, people have been aware, uh, Ford is ending their GT program in IMSA and Lamont competition, the FIWEC as well. So that leaves a bunch of Gadassi employees without work. Uh, this, I think, is a move, a sympathy move from Gadassi to ensure those people are not laid off and still have work jobs for this year at least, if not the future. Uh, there has been talk possibly of a re-expansion of four IndyCar teams. There's been some talk maybe a Cotter Daly could be in the mix, maybe for a seat, maybe of the James Hitchcliffe. Uh, but uh, you look at the situations right now, and uh, the thing is, uh, I'll be very curious to see what happens. In fact, I'm hearing rumors uh, from David Land this past week that uh, James Hinchcliffe is talking to possibly Ray Hall Letterman about a seat for 2020, if not 2021. So that's all of a sudden interesting that things have maybe taken a turn now that McLaren has gotten involved with the Schmidt-Peterson program. Maybe they are looking for a new leader as opposed to James Hinchcliffe. Well, you got to wonder about, I saw that thing, uh, that rumor, and, you know, again, this is the funny season, when they, that's what they call it, the funny season, the rumor mill, a dozen ago, I mean, I'm, I'm friends personally with James Hinchcliffe, and I, I will tell you that he's not said anything to me uh, about a change, but, uh, and I even asked him about that, he said, you know, he's always looking at options, that's what he told me the other day, he said, like, always looking at options, and there's nothing there, there that comes from him, and obviously he wouldn't, uh, tell me personally, uh, but it, it does make an interesting conversation if he goes over to Lutterman. You can't see them uh, uh, going three cars, so that makes you wonder what's going to happen with Soto with Letterman. Well, the thing is, they've already confirmed that Soto is back Soto, next year. Sorry. Deal with Honda. I think he is the main thing that they have the Honda deal, that he has to be one of the drivers. So if indeed Hinchcliffe is talking with Han, with uh, Ray Hall. That would tell me that they are looking at a third entry. That's something that uh, Bobby Ray Hall has said that he has had an interest in possibly expanding the three teams. It's just been a lack of sponsorship to do it. Now, of course, the big thing is they also have an employee issue at Ray Hall because there's question marks on whether BMW's GT program will return for 2020. So that also might leave several Ray Hall employees without employment for next year. So that may allow and provide the opportunity for them to expand to three cars. I tell you what, that's where it's at. It's the money, it's the sponsorship. So we'll see what kind of sponsorship that they get. Let's kind of uh, look at the uh, 2019 season. Let's uh, kind of give our awards, if you will, our, our mock awards. And I would say the comeback driver of 2019 uh, has got to be one of the greatest stars of the race right now. And that's Simon Patizon. Yeah, from going from a ride where he looked like he was on the way out, I think everyone was talking Rossi, and everyone was convinced that if the guy was going to lose his ride, it was going to be Pagino. Has a big run in the IndyCar Grand Prix and then dominates the Indy 500. And uh, he certainly has earned himself another at least a year or two more uh, with the captain's men for the foreseeable future. So certainly, uh, Pag certainly earned his uh, paycheck this year. The question is, can he keep the momentum going? He's been a hot and cold driver over the years, so if he does fade back in 2020, I would not be surprised. 
No, absolutely. Let's talk a little bit about Scott Dixon remains the Iceman, uh, the number nine uh, uh, PNC Honda uh, Chip Canassi Racing. He, even though he finished fourth, fourth in the standings, if you will, uh, this team uh, gets, in my opinion, gets the nod uh, third overall. And Chip Canassi, what a season that he had and, and still had the rookie of the year. Uh, I mean, Chip Canassi is right there on the verge of another championship. Well, there always are going to be a contention with it because they have the, you know, the experience, the wherewithal. They know what it takes to get there and stay there as far as competitiveness. So that's no surprise. Uh, the thing is, though, the question is, in my mind, is how many years left of the tag does Scott Dixon have? Uh, still involved with uh, family stuff with he and his wife, Emma. Uh, yeah, Emma's mind, getting ready to have a baby, too. Yeah, that's I've heard that as well. And, uh, you know... The thing is, you want to be competitive, but you also don't want to be just sitting there and just running at the back of the pack, kind of like what's happened to TK and happened to Elio. So I'm starting to wonder uh, how many more years before either Scott Dixon peels back his schedule or says, you know, I've had enough, I'm done. Uh, That may not be that far away at this point. No, absolutely. You're right about that. And Scott Dixon, what a model driver, what a model dad, model husband. This will be his third child, and I follow him on Twitter and Instagram, and Emma also on Twitter and Instagram, and and they are getting ready to have their third child. So you're right, there's a lot of things uh, uh, going on there. Alexander Rossi, though, I tell you what, he was the talk of talk of the nation, uh, if you will, the talk of the world uh, going into 2019. Would he say what Andretti? Turns out that he will, and it's it's kind of odd to say that he's the he's the captain of the ship it's not marco uh which uh bears the name of, of andretti and we'll see what happens with marco uh but uh, certainly alexander rossi is the face of uh, and now colton herda as well on the other limb or leg if you will or branch if you will of uh andretti auto autosports well, let's get one thing clear. Marco was never the leader of that team. If there was a leader with Andretti, it was Ryan Hunter Ray. Uh, it wasn't Marco Andretti. But uh, you're right. Alex Rossi certainly helped himself last year, made the progress, and uh, backed it into this year as well. He's certainly going to be the leader of the Honda Brigade, I would say, as opposed to Scott Dixon. And uh, I think uh, if you're looking for a guy, and it, I think with all the former winners that are in the field, there are not – many potential new winners uh, other than maybe Joseph Newgarden that are left in the Indy 500 list. But uh, if you're looking for a guy to win his second Indy 500 coming up next May, I'd say Alexander Rossi is at the top of the list. Matthew, are you running a marathon? Are you on a treadmill or what? Sounds like you're, you're about to lose wind there. <laughs> allergy bug always happens when the temperature change rises or falls as my allergies kick into high gear. Oh, I'm just rousing you. How about Will Power, though, the number 12 Verizon Chevrolet Tim Pinsky for a brief moment, a moment there. We talked about Colton Herta's team was about to take uh, this position, but I'll tell you what, uh, Will Power, number five, is still uh, in my, I mean, not number five, I'm sorry, he's the number 12, but in, in my number here of notes that I have, number five. Never mind. Will Power, <laughs> Verizon Chevrolet, Team Penske. What are your thoughts? The, it's the more hit or miss than I would like to see from a guy that's a championship contender, but uh, 
The big thing in my mind is with uh, willpower, uh, still is a road course ace, maybe not so much as he was in the past. I mean, obviously, he's a lot more competitive on the ovals now, so that road course king thing kind of has gotten shoved behind the bars. And also, of course, the presence of Rossi has, I think, a lot to do with that as well. But uh, I think uh, as far as contenders, uh, he certainly is up there if he can get off. But the thing I think that he needs to do is he needs to get off to a good start in the season. The last few years, he has gotten off to horrendous starts to start the campaigns. And that's just killed him in terms of the championship. He's got to get off to a better start, be in the contention from the word go. And uh, add to that, he's got to find a way to beat his teammate Newgarden, who seems to have his numbers, especially on the road course events. You know what? We can't let you go without talking a little bit about the uh, new arrow screen. I mean, I know it looks like the IndyCar drivers are in the Mobile, but I think it's a great addition, and I think all the drivers love it, and it does not obstruct any type of view. What are your thoughts about the new arrow screen that's going to be uh, we're going to be seeing out on the track in 2020? People keep forgetting about this thing. I think this chart makes the car even more streamlined than it was in the past. And if you're talking about it, if you want guys that are challenging that track record in Indianapolis, this is the way to do it. Make the car more streamlined. Make it break through the wind a lot better. I would not be surprised uh, if we are talking where it's maybe even a 229 average doesn't get in the field uh, for next year's Indy 500. Well, I'll tell you what. I I, I think it's it, it, – it's, uh, the best thing that IndyCar has done for safety in a, in a long time. All right, let's go to it, man. Tonight at Notre Dame, I wish I was there at that game tonight. It is going to be one for the record books. USC visits Notre Dame. And I tell you, we're going to get into this again in the second hour with Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, and Tony uh, D from the Tony Donahue, I mean, Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast. But the Trojans and the Irish, always a good battle. Give us, give us a preview of how, what you guys are talking about there at WSVT. Well, my colleagues Darren Pritchett, Eric Hansen, and Sean Styers are saying this is a two-touchdown game. I think it's a lot closer than that, especially now that Keenan Slovis is in there. And I still have question marks as to whether the Notre Dame secondary has the speed to stay with these receivers. I mean, yes. But uh, the one thing, if you go by the last five, six, seven games between Notre Dame and USC, what has been Notre Dame's common problem? They have had trouble with these fast receivers, especially when they get out in the open. That has always been a problem with them. Now, Brian Kelly keeps saying the team speed has improved with this team, but I haven't seen it. And until I'm one of those people that's the ultimate pessimist on these things, I have to see it to believe it. And until I see where they're able to keep those receivers in check, it could be a long night, if, especially if Keevan Slovis gets uh, his act together and starts completing passes early in this ballgame. What's with Ian Book and the interceptions? I think he's just trying to force it. Uh, you have a case where you have a favorite receiver, and you lock onto that receiver, and that receiver right now is Chase Claypool. And the problem is these defensive backs get smart. When you lock on your receiver, they are looking at your the whites of your eyes and they already know where the ball is going. So what do they do? They jump the route, and that's how you pick off passes. And that's the thing I think with Book is he needs to stop locking up to receivers, keep some multiple options there, keep the defenders guessing. And uh, that's why I would like to see, you know, Cole Komet get the ball a little bit more, maybe even a Brock Wright get the ball a little bit more, keep the defenders guessing so he doesn't go to one option. 
that's what causes these interceptions is he locks on to receivers and the receivers or the defenders get smart and they're able to jump the route. Yeah, that's why they need to stick to the running game. And and, and the unfortunate thing, if if the Trojans can stop the running game, they're gonna they're gonna close down the Irish. And the problem being is, I mean, even though they're having a great season and we're still only halfway through the season, I would think that if they lose to USC, the the the, the talk about the Final Four playoffs are going to be out the window with Notre Dame. Well, it's still a long shot for Notre Dame, even if they do run the table. You look at the schedule and who is left and who is on the list, and there just isn't a quality win that I think would move them up. That Right now, at this point, they need some help. They need some of the big teams like Clemson, Alabama, Georgia to start hitting losses. Uh, I just don't think 11-1 and on its own is going to be enough to get Notre Dame into the top four at this point. Even though they did have a competitive loss to Georgia, I just don't think that's going to be enough to get them all the way there unless a few of these teams start having problems and start losing games left and right. If it's not going to be that, uh, even 11-1, I just don't think it's going to get them all the way into the top four. Well, we'll see what happens as, as we roll in tonight. It's going to be a, a big game, uh, obviously. Let's talk a little bit uh, about some college football across the spectrum. Uh, in today's game in the college football top 25, uh, what are your, what are your uh, uh, lots or, or long shots or any, any thoughts on any other games going on in the college football top 25? Well, I haven't kept it close side it, but I think uh, I don't think there's going to be obviously the one that sticks out is Alabama against Texas A&M, but I just don't think Texas A&M has the firepower to really give Alabama a run for their money like some people think. I think they're just looking for a thing where Alabama has a close shave, I guess you could say. Um, Georgia has a pretty easy situation, I think, tonight, and then of course their big game with the cocktail party next week against Florida. I think that could be a test for them, even. If Kyle Trask is not at the starting line, of course, he had the injury last week, did come back, but he's still not exactly at 100%. And uh, you look at the other possibilities, I think Michigan's going to have no problems with Illinois today. I think next week, though, when you get to the tougher opponents, it'll be interesting to see how they've handled that situation. And uh, unfortunately, I think if you're looking for some changes at the top of the standings in the race for the CFP, uh, unfortunately, I think this week's not going to provide it. All right, Matthew, we appreciate you jumping on board with us. I hope you have yourself a good weekend, good game weekend. And uh, and uh, where can people find your work in Masterpiece of Surf? M-A-T-T-E-M-B-U-R-Y. And, of course, our fun, if you're listening on WSBT or WSBTradio.com, our fun gets underway at 2 p.m. with the re-airing of Thursday's Brian Kelly show. Then we have game day. We have uh, Robbie Toma, former Notre Dame wide receiver, as one of the guests. Also, a few other things. So if you're in town and stop by the Ivy Court Inn and Suites, we got a bunch of live shows there. And then game day sports beat from 4 to 6.30. Then we join the Notre Dame IMG coverage and then wrap it up with the official Notre Dame postgame show. So it's going to be a day full of Notre Dame and hopefully a Notre Dame victory over USC. Uh, score prediction-wise, I have Notre Dame winning this game 24-20 to 20 over USC. All right, we'll see, what, we'll see what happens. Matthew, we appreciate your time, and you have yourself a good day, sir. Anytime, Tom. 
Matthew Embry from WSVT up in South Bend. Not only is he our official IndyCar contributor, but he uh, is also a big Notre Dame uh, guy, obviously the flagship station for Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Uh, taking on USC tonight, big game. Standing by in the balance green room is the one, the only, uh, Matthew Hicks. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. It's double trouble, double the fun. At African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio, see the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Simba Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to Geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to Geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal hard. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about it. 
Welcome back to the balance. 917-889-8516 is our digits. Thank you to Matthew Embry, our official uh, uh, IndyCar contributor, and talking Notre Dame with us from WSBT up in South Bend, the flagship station of the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Welcome, uh, Matthew Hicks. Welcome back, sir. We, we're always glad to have you amongst our pre- presence, sir. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Hey, man, it is a great weekend. Colts are on a bye weekend, and I appreciate you coming on and, and, and playing the homer card with me a little bit. But you know what? I was, I, I, I'm still talking about this. It's been two weeks ago that I went up to Notre Dame in the Virginia game, my very first Notre Dame home game. Have you ever had a chance to go and experience that, Matt? Yeah, I went and saw – this is several years ago. In fact, uh, Brady Quinn was the quarterback. Went and saw them play Navy which was just a whole different level of awesome because of the tradition of that game and, you know, the servicemen that were there. It's a really cool thing. I mean, that was a very good Notre Dame team. Um, uh, In fact, gosh, I want to say they were ranked like seventh or eighth at that time, maybe even higher. Um, and it was not a, it was not a competitive game by any stretch of the imagination, but just to see all the tradition that's already taking place during a Notre Dame home game, but you add in the traditions that that are also uh, added in with with when they play one of the service academies. It, it was a really cool experience and one that I'll I'll never forget. No, absolutely. I tell you what. I when I was in the Army, I had, did have an opportunity one time to see the Army Navy game. I, Obviously, I wasn't a West Point uh, person, but I did have an opportunity to go. And those service academy schools are great. And I, I would rank the South Bend right up there next to I, – I mean, it is – I mean, it is an experience beyond belief. And we went up there the night before, and it rained all night. And I was like, oh, no. But uh, got yeah. up even before dawn and rolled in uh, from Rochester, rolled on into uh, – which, by the way, I've been to the Rochester Walmart. That's because that's like – all that's there is the hotel and the, Tom, and the Walmart. Let me tell you, I've been there many times. My my day job used to send me that way once a week. So that was <laughs> a stop for me occasionally when uh, when uh, the coffee uh, meter had reached too low, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. I made mean, nothing against Rochester, but it's just a, a typical small town Indiana. But I roll uh, stayed there because on game weekend hotel rates are a lot higher in South Bend than they are in oh, Rochester. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so we rolled in after before dawn and uh, parked in the tailgate lot there at the golf course, which I learned later on in the day that that was the mild tailgating uh, experience. Yeah, and I. I had an opportunity to see the real tailgate lot at, at uh, Notre Dame, and uh, man, they know how to tailgate and, and po- here. They, they do, and and post game is where the show is at because yes. those 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 people have been tailgating, you know, pre game years. And some then, of them. oh yeah, no, I mean the post game thing is where the I mean it's unbelievable. I was I was stunned. Well, I tell you what, I was on full adrenaline the whole thing. Went to the regatta, went to the chapel, went to touchdown Jesus. Uh, we saw the walk yep. uh, walk in, the horns. I mean, everything. We saw it all, and I was just like, total adrenaline going. 
Sunday, it hit me like a brick wall, dude. I was just like, yeah. by, by 8 o'clock, I was out. I mean, yeah. we good, grilled some brats, and I was just like, I can't even, I can't even do this anymore. But what an experience yeah. that was. But let's let's talk about what a great experience it is to be a Colts fan right now. I mean, we the Los <laughs> Angeles luck. We were in total demise. Uh, we were ready to jump off the bridge, and then Jacoby Brissett became our savior. Did he not? Come on, let's give him the props as we look at the Indianapolis Colts, and they're going into the bye. What a great weekend i mean still they've got a lot of work to go to do and and yes they lost at home to the raiders but they had a huge huge win in kansas city that just you talk about momentum i mean it's there with indianapolis colts and then this just uh friday thursday or friday we saw a tweet uh, that was sent out by the Colts that andrew luck is hanging out at the facility uh with jacoby Brissett now Put it on your tinfoil hat here. Maybe he'll be back. Maybe he won't be back. And he got all that money. And, you know, but at, at the same time, I think it just – nothing – nothing – this is my hot take of it all. It's okay that he went, but the Colts didn't have to send that out. It was kind of like, hey, I broke up with my girlfriend, but, hey, we're still hanging out. I mean, it was just kind of weird. What are your thoughts? Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm okay with it. I mean, I think that's great. I think, I th- I don't know, Andrew. I met Andrew like one time for 30 seconds when he was a rookie. So I can't even come close to claiming that I know him at all. I know he's very complex from those that have met him and visited with him before. Uh, but my, my, my hunch is here's a guy that probably wants to be around football. He doesn't want to play it anymore. What does that mean? I don't know. Does that mean that he has a role with the organization at some point? That's kind of a cool thing about Andrew Luck, and I and I, I mean, obviously we have to take everything for face value right now. Let's assume he never plays another down of football again. Well, he's he's one of the, like the rare. I mean, I don't know if you put him in the great category, but he was a pretty darn good player. Okay, we can at least say that when he was healthy. He's one of the rare players in that category that spent his entire career with the Colts. So I hope if he's a guy that wants to be around football, that he might have a role with the organization someday. Now I don't. Let's not, not a coach or anything like that, but maybe he's a you know a, a goodwill ambassador like uh, like uh, Billy Brooks has been or, or something along those that that line. I mean, again, taking everything for face value, he says he's going to stay in Indianapolis. He's done that, so I mean, uh, so, thus far we can't we can't say that that's not going to happen. So <clears throat> I can see him having a role with the organization. Uh, and that would be awesome. I mean, he's, he's by all accounts, he's a great dude that just kind of fell out of love with playing. And I, and I you know, when the initial shock wore off, I, I can't hold that against him. I, I'd rather him not play than play uninspired and get injured again or, or deal with some mental demons, whatever those might have been, to whatever level those might have been. Uh, so good for him and, and good for the, the organization for, for not – turning their back on him and letting him come around because maybe this is, I mean, perhaps this is part of his healing process to, to know that just because he's not playing, he doesn't have friends. Um, so I think that's great. And I hope he continues to come around and I, I welcome him at, when it's appropriate to be on the sidelines, if that's something he wants to do. I think that's fine. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I I'm like on the fence here. I mean, I think a lot of us didn't want to see that happen, but I'm kind of like, we've moved on. We've <laughs> moved on with Jacoby Percet 
and we'll we'll see we'll we'll see what happens. And there's all kinds of nasty rumors that are going out there, and that's all they are right now is rumors because I don't have any factual basis. But I mean, certainly there's the rumor that uh, a lot that some of he re-injured himself from snowboarding. Uh, there's the rumor about him having an addiction to painkillers, so he needed to go into rehab to that, and and didn't let the public know about that. I think there's a lot of unknowns with Andrew Luck because he's a very private person, which is okay. He has that right. Uh, but that uh, at, at that token, if any of those rumors are true, especially if the snowboarding rumor is true, I got real problems with him walking away from the sport. When Because then if the snowboarding injuries are true, Matthew – Again, this is just rumors. This is not anything fact-based. They're just rumors. He brought this on himself, and at that point, do we stop being sympathetic? Um, I mean, I don't. I, I think you know, I can get. I just hurt myself walking up my stairs. So, I mean, I you well, know, I hurt myself I mean, tying I, my like, shoe, but I don't make. Yeah, I don't so, make I mean, millions I, of dollars. I think I, <laughs> I'm also I'm also not of the opinion just because you're under contract with a team, you can't live your life. Now, granted, I don't think you should go like do uh, uh, certain act. But if you, I mean, you know, listen, if, if you want to snowboard, that's that's your thing. I, I don't have a problem with that. I think you know you can just as easily get hurt, um, like I said, walking up the stairs. So, I mean, what was the baseball player that sneezed and, and slipped a disc in his back? I mean, you know that 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 sort of thing can happen. And no, I don't lose sympathy for the guy. I I think again, I watching that press conference a second and third time because it just was played to death. Uh, I, I think the guy had some, some mental hurdles. I don't want to say issues. Cause I don't, again, I don't know him, but he had some mental hurdles to get over and uh, I wish him the best. And, and, and as you said, they've, they've moved on as a team and Brissette is a leader despite, you know, listen, he, let, let's be honest. He's missed some throws, right? I mean, he's, yeah. he's missed like wide open guys. So, I mean, What's awesome here is here's a guy, and I'm going to say this is like my hot take, and I don't mean this disrespectfully at all, but here's a guy that I don't think is playing that particularly well. He's playing fine, don't get me wrong, but he's not playing to like a, you know, an Andrew Luck level. But but all that being said, this team has like rallied behind this guy. I mean, he is the leader of this team. So you can't make up for that in any statistical category. I mean, who cares if you throw a miserable interception when the team is picking you up right after it's done and, and they're they're behind you and that offensive line is beyond gelled together. They, they may have the best running back in football. I mean, that might be some hyperbole. But, I mean, you know, in other words, Jacoby – I guess what I'm trying to say with going a long way around it, Jacoby <laughs> doesn't have to be doesn't have to be Andrew Luck. And right. that's fine. No, we wouldn't, he can, he can we wouldn't. play like he's playing right now, and they're going to win a lot of games. And I, and, I, and I truthfully feel like this is almost like him going through his first year of starting. I know he started a lot of games in the NFL. But this is like his first or, if you want to, maybe his second year starting. So he's still a young quarterback in the NFL, and he's only going to get better. And I think that's what the exciting thing is. We're talking with Matthew. We're talking with Matthew Hicks. Uh, Matthew, thanks uh, so much for joining us. Matthew helps us play the home of card. We're located here in Indianapolis, side atop the Balance uh, Studios in the west suburbs of of Indianapolis. Uh, and uh, uh, Matthew, I think I could get out my backyard and yell at you and, and wave at you. You could. I think. Close uh, to I me, think so. that's right, actually. 
<laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about the Pacers, but I want to take some time yeah. for us both to to do the hot take here because we go into the preseason. The Pacers are fun to watch. We just want to watch some yep. hoopage, and uh, you know, I I was I was listening to 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 J and B, and I'm friends with him too, and he's just like, let's just knock the pol- political BS out, but. We got to talk about this because everybody's talking about it. I think the NBA bent over and took one for from from. Uh, I mean, the hot take here is not a good look. Uh, not a good look from the NBA and what they did. I mean, you talk about all these woke people. You got LeBron James and his Taco Tuesday. You got these people that won't go to the White House. All these, and one person says, "Hey, why don't we start looking at?" what China does, what they do to human rights, what they are as a country, and oh my god, no, 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 no. Why? Because Nike is in bed with China. Millions of dollars got from, come from China to Nike, and millions and billions of dollars come from Nike to the NBA. So what they, do they do? Shut up and dribble. But when you say shut up well, and dribble, you know, Matthew, that's exactly what they did. Right. Go ahead. You're, you're you're right, but I, this is a listen. This is a tough situation for the NBA. That was what's what's a shame for them is is you're right. You, you know they you saw a little bit of true nature I think come out there um, because yes, you're right. They're very vocal and political, which I'm all for. I think that's fine. Uh, this is America. Uh, that's great. This is an American-based business, and that's fantastic. But they should have known. That, that what was going to happen happened, and I wish they would have stand, stood upon their principles rather than try to cash grab anything they could get back because it sounds like this is going to take a long time to fix uh, from a business standpoint. Uh, now, I'm not, I'm not speaking politically here. I'm talking about from a business standpoint. Yes. There's a lot of money in China for the NBA, and right now that money is not there. Uh, it's gone. Now, I think over time that will be repaired. Um, so it's a shame that they couldn't allow their players and coaches and general managers and everybody else. I don't know if there was a memo that went out to say, hey, don't, don't comment on China. I, it appears that there was. Um, I don't know if that was a, a public thing or not. I really haven't heard either way. I'm, I assume there it was at this point because of Steve Kerr's comments. Um, but oh, it's yeah, a shame on. that they Let's weren't play. allowed to – Oh, I'm sorry. Well, Let's talk about they Steve allowed Kerr. To, they weren't I mean, allowed to speak on it because the money was gone once the once the tweet from David Morway was sent out. The money was gone. I mean, it was it was at that point over with. So it's a shame they weren't able to speak their minds and and uh, but they tried to get as much cash back as they could, and that doesn't appear it's going to happen. And and let's let's talk real world, um, real NBA sports sides of this. They've already sent a memo out to their team saying the salary cap is now going to go down next year um, or not increase nearly as much as they expected it to. So that's going to cause free agency to look vastly different uh, for these teams next season. So that it is, I mean, it's, you know, from a business standpoint, these things have consequences. Well, Here's the thing, and, and you know, first of all, let's talk about Steve Kerr. Let's not, let's stop by one minute that he didn't have enough information on the subject because that's total BS. I mean, here, here's the here's the thing, and I and again, not going political, but unfortunately, in in the world that we're in today, political and sports they they collide. 
and they they've collided many times here on this side of the country in the in our world in our country because we have something called freedom of speech. Well, what do you think it would be like if uh, the U.S. government said, you know what, you can no longer broadcast Colts games or Pacers games or NBA. You know what, we're going to control who you talk to, what you talk about, and that's what the government says. We take so much advantage of of being free citizens in the United States of America, and we take so much advantage of doing of, of enjoying the the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, everything that we enjoy under the the laws of our Constitution is given to us by our forefathers in our country. For the NBA to just say, basically give the bird to the United States and say, hey, money's more important. Because remember when Laura Ingram said to about LeBron James, I think it was LeBron James, said just shut up and dribble. Stay in your lane. And there was all kinds of controversy. There was all kinds of BS. I mean, it blew up to like mega proportions because all she said was shut up and dribble. China says to, to the NBA, shut up and dribble. And they said, yes, yes, sir. Thank you, sir. To a communist dictator. It does not look good. Yeah. It's, no, it's not a good look. And um, it's, it's, it's going to have, I mean, uh, I, again, not to get, I just don't care to get political, but um, yeah, me but either. But it's just real, unfortunate that it's it is. Gonna get, it's going to have real, real. Um, it's, the 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 result of all of this and the loss of money from China is going to have real implications for the uh, for the um, uh, NBA. So no, it's a shame. Well, let's move on to some fun topics. The Pacers and the Bulls. The Pacers won last night against the Bulls. I mean, I, I, it's unfortunate that the Pacers are caught up in, in some of this because they, none of them had anything to do with it, but yet they're being questioned about it. But let's talk about the Pacers moving forward into 2019-2020 fun season. And let's let's just – I mean, maybe we'll have a Owen Depot back. I think we will. I think this is just going to be oh, yeah. a good I, season. I think we're – I mean – we have a very good shot, even even though it might be an outside shot, of winning uh, the the East Eastern Division and maybe even get to the finals. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that some things broke their way. I, I mean, I think there's a lot of questions with every team except Milwaukee, right? I mean, Milwaukee. The only question they yes. probably have at this point is is depth because they lose they lose their sixth man, who's now our starting point guard. Um, uh, the Pacers starting point guard. So I, I, I think there's some, there's some issues, not issues. They're still really good. There might be some questions there though. The question of, is, is how, how good Boston is going to be. I think very, but we don't know that. What is Toronto going to look like without Kawhi Leonard? I think they're still pretty darn good uh, is, is the reality. Uh, the Pacers, I think will be as good as last year's record, but they may be a better team headed into the playoffs. It, it all depends when losses wise, how quickly a Oladipo gets back, which we've heard anything from, well, gosh, we've heard anything from late November to January, February. So who knows when he's going to play. But then the next question is how quickly can he get reintegrated, you know, and, and, in basketball, he seems like he's in basketball shape right now. So I don't think that part of it's going to be an issue, uh, but just reintegrated into this team and, 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 you know, Jeremy Lamb going back to the bench and becoming a, a, a sixth man, 
Uh, Edmund Sumner looks like he's going to get consistent minutes. That's, that's going to be exciting to watch a young player uh, get those minutes. Can the Sabonis-Turner experiment in the starting lineup work? I, by the way, think it can. Uh, I think it's going to be fine. So there's a lot of questions with, with those top-tier East teams. And then let's not forget Philadelphia. They're really good. <laughs> They're yes, really good. <laughs> they are. Uh, and, and I think other teams – Because they trusted the process. <laughs> they, well, they did. What a miserable time that must have been. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 think, I think the Pacers have one of those rare <laughs> years where, I mean, you know, if they finish second in the East, I, I think, I guess, okay, let me say that. If they finish second in the East, that would shock me. But anywhere from third through sixth would not surprise me a bit just because of where they're going to be. But I could also see them finishing sixth in the East and win their first-round matchup, if that makes any sense, because record-wise maybe they won't have this you know, gaudy record. But by the time May 1st hits, they're going to be playing, I think, pretty darn well, barring out any injury. Well, it's going to be exciting to watch them, and it's always fun to go to the to the Pacers uh, uh, games, and, and that's for sure. So we'll we'll see what happens. So we're we're down to the final four in the MLB. My Cardinals uh, snuck one out against the Braves and the Nationals. Uh, I mean, they're the real deal. And then you've got the Astros yeah. and the Yankees. A lot, I think, a lot of people uh, saw that Astros thing coming. Didn't think it was going to go to Game Five, and the Yankees obviously swept the Twins. Here's something uh, I heard this interesting statistic. Uh, Clay Travis was talking about this the other day. 16 consecutive playoff games the Twins have lost to the Yankees. Think yeah. about how many. Times, yeah. I mean, that that's a huge statistic. Gosh. You talk about a mind game that's there. They can't get past. But either which way, uh, the the Twins have lost to the Yankees 16 consecutive times in the the uh, playoff. A series. So, real quickly, what are your thoughts on on the final MLB uh, final four? Boy, you know, St. Louis is such a good. I mean, they're they're one of those teams that remind. And I'm not a Cardinals fan, actually, by any stretch. What? Um, I'm a Reds fan. I'm a big Reds fan. On my show again. Go ahead. Uh, uh, okay. Well, it's my last appearance. Uh, no. Um, so seriously, though, I think they're one of those teams that you just see so often. You know, they're going to win close to a hundred games. Where they win ninety three games. I mean, they're such a good team over the long haul, but now they're essentially in a short series now. I mean, I know because they dropped game one last night, so they they now have to sneak one more win in to make it a best of five. And and I I think they'll do that, but but what a buzzsaw to go up against Strasburg, um, Scherzer, Corbin, and then Annabelle Sanchez last night was unstoppable. This Nationals team. Unstoppable. You're right. I mean, you just kind of see that, that whole, like, they were they were good. Don't get me wrong. You don't win 91 games or 95 games, whatever they won, and not be good. But I don't think anybody saw them as a World Series contender. And I, now, I like, they're starting to look like a team of destiny. It looks like they're just, I mean, gosh, it's hard not to find a way for them to get three more wins in this series. And then you look at the American League, the Yankees, one through nine, are so good. I don't know how Houston can shut them down. I mean, Houston's pitching is really good, and their lineup is nothing to sneeze at either. And I know they won a few more games than New York did, but I, this Yankees team, I, just, I don't know. I, I think this Yankees-Nationals World Series 
could be really good. And you'll have me on in two weeks, and we'll be laughing about how I thought there was going to be a Yankees Nationals World Series, and it's and it's Houston and St. Louis. But regardless, yeah, I think that's right. If 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 my if what I see, which is so you know, just so myopic, because I don't I don't watch anybody with the Reds throughout the year. Don't use who they big play. words on Saturday morning, Matt. <laughs> okay, uh, but it is right, tunnel vision for me, you know. But I think yeah. I think that th- this um, this this could be a really good uh, championship series in the World Series. Really, no matter who's in it, it's going to be good. But I think that Nationals Yankees World Series could be really entertaining because you've got great pitching and defense going up against maybe one of the better lineups ever. I, that might be too much to say, but a really but good one through nine lineup. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, the, Na- the Nationals are a feel-good story. Matthew, I appreciate you jumping on yeah. with us and playing the Homer card uh, with us uh, today. And where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? Um, on Twitter, at uh, Hicksim05. And as I say, the last few months, hey, we're all free agents. So uh, Raw. Uh, as, as, uh, as a, a <laughs> couple of people have told me, just you know, keep the arm warm, and you never know. Maybe sometimes we'll give you a call from the bullpen sometime. <laughs> there you go. There you go. We'll see. We'll see what happens. And and and, and hey, along about the the Homer cards, uh, you know the uh, the high school football uh, yeah championship uh, games are going to be revealed this weekend. So we'll be tuned into Bob Lovell uh, and see what happens there, sir. Yeah, you know, as we're, we're both on the west side in the uh, town of the number one six A team. So I I was I was thinking how cool it would be to be on the sidelines if they were able to advance all the way. Uh, to the to the championship game that would be pretty exciting for for a for a kid from Avon that lives in Avon that would be a neat thing but uh, uh, we'll see you never know that's why they play them and last night you know not to get too in the weeds but last night you know the number one team Avon in 6A it went down to the wire against Zionsville so uh, yeah. everybody's playing their best right now so that's what's always exciting about this time of year. Matthew Hicks thank you so much for joining us where can people find your work and masterpieces sir? On, on Twitter, right <laughs> on on Twitter. That's right. That's about it right now. But uh, we'll I literally see, we'll just asked you that same question. That's hey, all right. That's okay. Hey, real, real quick a... before we run, real, real sure. quick before we run, Jacoby Brissett circling back to him. I saw an early MVP vote, and he was nowhere to be found. Now the guy is second in the league in touchdowns. Oh, oh. Watch, watch that. That's going to only get better. I have a feeling we're, we're he's going to be, and just just like uh, 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 the Sports Illustrated writer said, I think they're going to be up against the uh, the MVP voting here, and you're going to see his name surface soon. All right, buddy. I hope so. I hope you're right. We'll we'll talk with you soon, Matt. All right. Thanks, Matthew Hicks. Obviously, well known around the uh, the Indianapolis media here. Uh, good friend of the show. Been on many times and helps us play. Uh, the Homer car coming up next. College football talk, USC, Notre Dame. Also, some more MLB talk as well. We've got uh, our official college football contributor, Rick Riggin, and also uh, Tony Donahue from the Tony D podcast. Speaking of free agents, we'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. Air National.
National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your mood. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal art. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on Geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. <laughs> My name is Tom Mark Wassell, Presidente. Moving right on along. Thank you to Matthew Embry, WSVT in South Bend, our official IndyCar contributor, and talking some Notre Dame, USC up in Notre Dame. Obviously, WSVT is a flagship station for uh, Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Joining us now, Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, and Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast. Rick, how is you, sir? Hey, pretty good, Tom. Uh, how you doing? Fantastic! Yeah, loving your 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 walk up song, man. I I I'm just sitting yeah, playing air guitar going off. As, as, as it goes on, Tony Donahue. That is Tony. Donahue. That is a great song. That thing is 20 years old, man. It's still a hit. It's still a hit, man. I was sitting there playing air guitar, acting like Beavis and Butthead while we while we rolled in. Tony Donahue of the Tony D podcast. Uh, our other uh, free agent of the day. We had Matt Hicks on. Now we got Tony Donahue. Tony, how are you, sir? Good, man. It's, a lot. it's uh, funny to see how much talent is still on, on the loose here in Indianapolis and uh, not not in good jobs where they used to be. You know what? We need to all join forces and 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 come together and and make this happen in in indie media. Uh, but uh, it, it it'll happen. Hey guys. Look, Real quickly, though, we got to kind of – we'll start with you, uh, Tony, because you weren't on the show last week. We were talking about the Joker, and, you know, I'm going to go see it. I haven't seen it yet, but I know it's the biggest thing out there. But now 
Breaking Bad, El Camino is out. Uh, I want to go see that too. And I have not, I have to admit, I am not totally uh, all into the Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, but I'm, 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 I'm there. But my show is Sons of Anarchy. Now, now the, the Mayans, but Tony, have you seen Breaking Bad, El Camino? It came out at midnight. I know you were in line, right? And have you seen the Joker? Uh, no, I don't go to the movie theater. I haven't been to a movie theater in probably seven years. Uh, I'm not a big movie guy. Uh, if I'm interested in watching something, I normally wait for it to come out uh, and rent it or, or, or whatever. But uh, no, not a, not a movie guy at all. So you haven't been to the movie theaters. You, you still rent the VHSs? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's I, right. I that's run, a little bit before your time, right? Yeah. Uh, Rick Riggin, uh, the Joker or Breaking Bad? Which one? Which one would you rather see first? El Camino, I should say. I, I I would go see the Joker first because just because, and then uh, but you don't have to go far to see El Camino. That's a Netflix release. You know, I I was on a I was on a call with some uh, people from work, and we, we have people all over the nation at work, and uh, one of the guys uh, that's that I was on the call is in Atlanta now, but he's from um, Albuquerque. And we were talking about my boss who actually went to Albuquerque to see the balloon fest. And they were like, what? And he's like, yeah, it's like what they're known best for. And then they got onto this uh, uh, breaking bad uh, theme and that New Mexico breaking bad really uh, resembles what uh, New Mexico is all about. So I don't know. We'll have to see. Have to see. <laughs> well, All right, guys, a, uh, go ahead. That's a shot go at ahead, Albuquerque, Rick. isn't it? Hey, man, Blue map. Tell you what, we love Albuquerque. <laughs> let's, go to, let's go to New Mexico. We'll we'll, we'll storm New Mexico like uh, they they storm Area 51. Tony, let's start with you. USC Notre Dame tonight. What are your thoughts? Yeah, big one for the Irish. Um, I like the Irishness when I like for them to cover the 11 points. 11 points. I don't think USC is all that great. I love Notre Dame's defense right now. As long as they don't make mistakes, I think they'll be able to to pick up the win here. And if you're Notre Dame, you've got to win out. I mean, you've got the one loss to Georgia. You're thinking college football playoff. That was the goal at the beginning of the year. Um, You could really benefit from Georgia winning against their final – they have three opponents left that are ranked, and then obviously the SEC championship game. The more Georgia wins – the better that loss by seven points looks to Notre Dame at Georgia a few weeks ago. Uh, I like Notre Dame to roll tonight. Rick Riggin, you're the Notre Dame guy. You're our Notre Dame expert, our college football uh, extraordinaire, our official college football contributor. I can't give you any more titles, man. Notre Dame, USC, bro. Yeah, uh, I caught most of uh, Tony's periscope yesterday, man. Good job on that. Sent you a comment saying Notre Dame is going to go up. I don't say go up, but win at least by three scores. I'm going to hold to that because of their defense. Minus 11, I would definitely bet that uh, they're going to cover that big time because uh, they're going to bring that defense they brought down to Georgia in this game. This is a rivalry game. And on top of that, uh, I know the offense is struggling with trying to find an identity, but I think the offensive line is starting to push some people around, and they get Jafar Armstrong back today, their home run hitter at running back. He got hurt. Won the first couple plays against Louisville this year. Comes back tonight against USC. Uh, this is going to be a, a jailbreak for the Irish tonight. 
All right, guys, let's roll down the, the college football top 25, Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Oklahoma, Florida, Wisconsin, Notre Dame at number nine, uh, Penn State at number 10. It varies a little bit over to the coaches' poll. Uh, Rick, as we've talked about many times, not necessarily the polls mean a lot right now, uh, but they certainly give us a, 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 a something to look at and something to talk about. As we look at the top 25, uh, what are your thoughts? Yeah, the polls right now are meaningless other than putting a number to teams, so that gives us something to watch and tune into. But there are some great games today as far as the top ten goals. I mean, you got Texas-Oklahoma today. Uh, that's always one of the biggest games of the year. You have Bama versus Texas A&M, and then the big one tonight, Florida-LSU. Uh, those three games, I, I don't see Bama having much for a problem against A&M, but the other two games, I think LSU gets it done against Florida, and I think Oklahoma's Jalen Hurts shuts down Texas this year. Tony, what are your thoughts on the on the top, on the college uh, football top twenty-five? Yeah, I've been impressed with what Florida's done. That's probably the best defense that they've had in probably fifteen years. Maybe one of the best defenses in Division One football right now. Uh, with the backup quarterback after Felipe Franks went down a few weeks ago, um, that's a tall task at LSU. But I think that's going to be a grinded out game. If they can somehow pull that out, I think you're looking at Florida inside maybe that top five certainly uh, to move up a little bit. Um, I don't expect that to happen, and, and I'm I, I'm with Rob there. Um, man, Jalen Hurst, I think they're going to roll over Texas. I think Oklahoma's a team that is just going to keep putting numbers up. Um, Jalen Hurst, probably the, the the Heisman hopeful right now. And, um, yeah, there's some great games across the country. I think Bama will have no problem rolling against Texas A&M. So, um, but, yeah, certainly your eyes are going to be on those on that LSU-Florida game tonight. You know, uh, Tony, and then we'll go to you, Rick. But, Tony, uh, two games yesterday, I mean, a, an absolute blowout for Oregon over Colorado, 45-3, to but a big game in primetime last night, uh, Miami over Virginia, 17-9, to uh, yet another loss, another big loss to Virginia. Yeah, now it's kind of a pick em game going in, and, and Miami's always a tough place to play. Um, and Rick, 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 Rick knows this, too. Those Thursday and Friday night games sometimes are just a little weird and quirky because it's just your your day off, it seems like, and your body might be a little bit off of what you're used to. Uh, but, yeah, Miami's defense played well. Um, holding Virginia late, they had a push, uh, held them to a field goal instead of a touchdown, uh, scored a touchdown themselves on the ground, and that was a difference. Uh, big defensive effort last night for Miami. Rick, what are your thoughts? Last night's game, uh, Virginia-Miami, and, of course, Oregon just totally demolished uh, Colorado Buffaloes. Hey, Tony, you you called that game, didn't you? You called that Virginia-Miami game, didn't you? You called that correctly because I, I, I believe yes. Yes, you took low scoring. Miami would get the win. That's exactly what happened. I thought she was kind of crazy in a way because even though Virginia got the uh, – <laughs> Virginia, Virginia got destroyed against Notre Dame, I thought they were still kind of the clear-cut – second-best team in the ACC, maybe not the case. I mean, the ACC is just so down. I think that hurts the ACC. But, hey, Tony, you were right about that. Sometimes you find, you know, a blind squirrel finds a nut, right? (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about these nuts. Uh, (laughs) Very good. Take Tony to Vegas. 
take Tony to Vegas with you. Uh, sports betting, though, we don't have to go to Vegas. It's, it's now completely legal. We, we now can do everything. It's like drinking before you're 21. Now you're 21 and you can drink. It's, it's, uh, it's all about that. Uh, Tony, South Carolina at Georgia. Not a lot to talk about with this game, but uh, uh, certainly uh, the Georgia Bulldogs are rolling in on the storm, and I, they're, they're an underrated number three. Yeah, and I think what kind of we talked about with Notre Dame, I'm going to be interesting to see how some of these teams react today in the next couple of weeks uh, when it comes to being inside the top ten. You're obviously looking for wins, but you're looking for blowout wins. Um, so I, I expect Georgia to roll. They're 21 and a half point favorites. Um, same with same with some other teams that are that are find themselves in and out around the top ten. I think Mich- I think Wisconsin's going to try to put a beat down on Michigan State today. Try to move their ranking. Um, Clemson will pull away from Florida State. Um, I think right now we're looking at some of those teams that are just thinking, let's blow these guys out and, and put as much numbers on the board as we can to make these uh, these wins look impressive as possible. Rick, let's talk a little bit about the Memphis game. Obviously, number 23 going against Temple. Not a lot to talk about there, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, not a whole lot to talk about. You know, he's talking about all these uh, the, the elite programs, the ones that have a shot to get into the playoff. And Tony was right. What I was going to say, just follow up there. Uh, we're getting that time of year. Week eight is fast approaching, and uh, that's when the uh, the playoff rankings come out. And we're at that time of year where teams want to win, like in a glamorous way, we put up the gaudy numbers and just look like they're putting beatdowns on everybody. So I agree with Tony. All these teams are are going to be going for the throat, not just win a football game but dominate a football game with these uh, rankings coming out here pretty soon. You know, we talked a little bit about this earlier with Matthew and, and, and USC going back to USC and Notre Dame, but I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on this. I mean, this is going to be a big game, but I mean, even if, even with the win, Rick, even with the win with Notre Dame tonight against USC, the, the playoff, the final four playoff talks, I should say, uh, is still a, a, a long shot for Notre Dame. Yeah, it's right. I mean, it's a long shot. They're definitely not out of the discussion, but it's a, they're going to need a lot of help at the same time. So, I mean, they're definitely not out of it. That close loss at Georgia did hurt them, but it didn't eliminate them. And that's just the mindset now. I don't know what the percentage is this week. It changes every week. It was like an 8% chance. Now it goes up to like a 13% chance. But they're going to need some help. They're going to need some teams ahead of them to get some losses. And Georgia has to finish undefeated. And, Tony, wouldn't you agree that if Notre Dame loses tonight, their talk about being in the uh, final four of, of college football is just done? I mean, I think a loss tonight for Notre Dame uh, puts you in, like, the new era pinstripe bowl. But I'm always what Rick said, you know, there's a lot that's going to have to fall in place for Notre Dame. But all you can do is simply play your schedule and get big wins. And if things were to fall into place, if Georgia were to get upset, that would hurt. Uh, I think you, you need Georgia to win as many games as possible. Maybe Alabama falls to Texas A&M and then falls to Georgia in the SEC championship game. Maybe Clemson somewhere along the lines, which they've proven this year. Remember that game a few weeks ago against North Carolina that, that they can be beat, uh, that, that they're not as immortal as we think, uh, although their schedule kind of lines up perfectly for Clemson. They'll get one test, and that's probably the Wake Forest game, but that's at home. So I think Clemson wins out. Um, but but you look elsewhere, if, if things were to fall into place, uh, like Rick said, it's going to take a lot. But it's certainly not out of the question. And the more you win and the deeper we get in the season with wins under your belt, the better those percentages and those numbers get. 
We're talking with Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast, and Rick Riggin, our official college football contributor, uh, joins us as well. Let's, uh, guys, let's jump into some uh, Homer Big Ten talk. Tony, we'll start with you. IU, Rutgers, uh, and Purdue and Maryland, both Big Ten action, and the Homer card for the IU fans like myself and Purdue fans. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm, – I'm waiting for Purdue to – one, stay healthy, which is they proved is a tough thing to do. But two, to get a win. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of scrambling for answers on offense. I think a lot of the Purdue faithful are, are very upset at what they've seen. I think they have a good chance to cover that three and a half today. Um, I want to see Purdue break out, get their second one of the year. I think I think being a going to a bowl game is, is, is out the window now. You've had every opportunity in the world. Um, if you would have squeaked out that game against Nevada, uh, Minnesota, um, maybe you're looking at a bowl, but you know, for Purdue, I think you're looking for that offense to get going and maybe just pick up a victory. Uh, on the flip side for IU, um, I've liked what I've seen out of IU so far, three and two. I don't trust this 27 and a half point spread just because it's IU. I don't know how bad Rutgers is, but um, IU stinking bowl. They could beat they could beat Rutgers today. They can knock off Maryland next week. Nebraska isn't world beaters. You get Northwestern at home, um, but then you you get Penn State and Michigan, but I think at the end of the year, the last game of the year, IU is going to be looking at five wins, possibly beat Purdue to get to a bowl game in that bucket. So um, I'd certainly like IU a little bit more than I like Purdue, but I don't trust any of them to put enough money on them. Rick, what are your thoughts? Uh, IU, uh, Rutgers, and Purdue in Maryland. Yeah, I like the way IU looks this year. They actually, uh, uh, under their coach, they've been, since he took over, they have really look to me like a physical team. Uh, it's just like it comes down to the athletes and who they have to go against in the Big Ten is what kills them right now. And as far as I do go, Tony, I, I actually have a question for Tony. Uh, do you think it's time to start looking at Jeff Brom at Purdue? Maybe he's not the right guy. He, he, you can only ride that wave of beating Ohio State last year for so long. I think that that wave has hit the, hit the shore. So uh, uh, I think it's time to start looking at, at, at Brom or Brom. I'm yeah, sorry. you know, I think you kind of look at it with Purdue and there's been some injuries and there's been some quarterback situations, but you're right. There shouldn't be any quarterback controversy. They needed to go in with, if they're going to stick with Elijah Sindelar, that was the guy. Um, I know things happen throughout the season, but there's always that question mark of who's going to start, who's going to be there, who's going to be ready. Um, and, and he's a, he's a quarterback coach. I mean, he's, we saw what he did at Western Kentucky. We know what his career was, you know, in the XFL and, and playing in college football. So uh, I think he probably bought himself some time with that big win against Ohio State last year and getting to a bowl game, although they got destroyed by Auburn. Um, but, yeah, I, I think there's going to be some probably some question marks heading into the offseason of what direction exactly is this Purdue football team going. Rick, let's uh, roll into a big game. I think this is going to be one of the most entertaining games uh, today, and that's Oklahoma against uh, number number 11, uh, Texas. This is going to be a, a big game uh, in the college football top 25 and, and certainly got to be a must-watch, and this is going to come down to a field goal. It just might. It seems like here recently anymore this is a really close game. Uh, Texas beat them last year, gave Oklahoma their only loss, and they got to play each other again for the Big 12 championship, and then Oklahoma won and got to the uh, Final Four that way. Uh, I think this isn't going to be like that this year. I think uh, Oklahoma gets it done by a couple of scores at least. I, I think Jalen Hurts is the real deal. 
uh, under Lincoln Riley. What Lincoln Riley has done for him is incredible. He's the clear-cut uh, Heisman front runner right now, and this is just going to make a big, even bigger case for him today because I think they're going to dominate uh, Texas. You know, uh, Tony, talking about Lincoln Riley, everybody's talking about Lincoln Riley. What do you, what are your thoughts about him and his his next move? Yeah, I mean, you look at um, where he's at now. I think he's in a pretty comfortable situation. It's one of the premier programs, you know, in the country. Um, so unless something from the next level comes along, I think you're pretty content on where you are. Well, let me give you a hint of what my thoughts are. He's still going to be wearing red. I, I think the Skins got to look at him. I mean, I think the Red Skins got to look at him, Tony and Rick, about being their next head coach. This could be his Lincoln Riley's last year uh, in in the college ranks because we. I know every time a college, uh, I mean, an NFL uh, opening comes open, we we talk about him. We talk about others, but I mean, if you're the Redskins, you got to at least make the call, Tony. Yeah, I mean, I think Brian Kelly also is a guy that needs to be in the conversation. I mean, a lot. Some people aren't big fans of him with Notre Dame, but but I think he's he's been successful everywhere he's gone. He's built up programs. You know, you remember the days at Cincinnati. You, you know, you, you remember the days before that. Um, I I think Lincoln Riley's somebody that should be looked at, and and show, so should Brian Kelly because I think Brian Kelly's going to start getting some looks at the next level. Rick, that's your that's your world. What do you think? Yeah, uh, my only thing with Brian Kelly, uh, you kind of hear the NFL with him I- anymore, but I just don't know how how his coaching style uh, translates to the NFL. But maybe it does. Maybe Tony's right. He's been successful everywhere he goes. How come it can't work there? Uh, but if you're a fan of internet, internet rumors like I am, I love to stir the pot and get some internet rumors going. Uh, Ryan Day is <laughs> also uh, – yeah, <laughs> yeah, stir the pot. Ryan Day, Ohio State, this is his first year. But I think the Redskins might give him a call, too. You know, we talk about that one and done, Tony. That's a good conversation to have. I mean, I think Ohio State's a much better team, and I'm not an Ohio State fan. Let's make that very clear. But I think they're a much better team without Urban Meyer. I mean, you know, sometimes you just need that breath of fresh air in a locker room and a different voice to lead the way. Uh, You know, back to Brian Kelly, you think about all the players that, have played for him that translated so well in, in into the NFL because Brian Kelly prepares his football team very similar to what NFL teams prepare at. Um, you look at you know all the guys that are in the the pro ranks right now that play football at Notre Dame. They all seem to mostly be successful. Obviously, they're smart kids going to Notre Dame. But um, as far as Urban Meyer at um, Ohio State, yeah, I could see where um, you would maybe need a new voice in the locker room. Maybe he would grow old. Uh, you know. We remember the end of his tenure at, at, at Florida wasn't all that great. And, you know, you kind of just think about some of the shady stuff that might have gone on with Urban Meyer. Maybe it's a breath of fresh air for those Ohio State players. Tony, are we still on fire? Uh, uh, Harbaugh from Michigan, and they got Illinois today. I mean, they should win that relatively easy. But are we still thinking that Jim Harbaugh is highly overrated? You know, I don't know what to make out of Jim Harbaugh. I thought you know, years ago, he'd be a great fit for the Indianapolis coach or Indianapolis Colts coach position. Um, obviously that failed. Look, they're still ranked 16th in the country. They had a grind that out win against number 14 Iowa last week. Um, yeah, they got spanked up in Wisconsin, which is Camp Randall's a tough place to play, but, but we'll see. He's certainly got to get his money's worth 
over the next two, you know, two of the next three weeks when he goes to Penn State and he gets Notre Dame coming up there. Um, and then they get Ohio State. And I, I think to keep your job, if you're Jim Harbaugh, you have to beat Ohio State, which you have not been able to do. So um, I think the jury's still out on, on Harbaugh in Michigan. Um, but so far the track record is, is, is stacked against them. Rick, uh, let's play North Pole, South Pole. We've got Alabama and Texas A&M today. We've got to talk about Alabama because, well, it's Saturday, it's college football, and it's Alabama. There's no other reason to talk about Alabama other than they're Alabama. Number number one against the number 24 team. <laughs> well, I, I don't know if it's just because but, because uh, the conference they play in, who actually makes their schedule. Uh, this is one of those games, though, I like to see Alabama play in. But they play like they're one or two tough teams a year. I guess this might be one of them, Texas A&M, until they make the uh, play against the SEC champion, you know, playing the SEC championship game. Uh, there's nothing to talk about Alabama because they don't play anybody the entire year except for like two tough games, and then they just kind of stroll into the uh, the playoffs. So uh, huh. I, they're going to get it done. Why does that yeah. happen? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I wonder how that happens. And Nick Saban says he has absolutely nothing to do with it, but I don't believe that either. Uh, they're going to roll today against A&M. Uh, A&M is not as good as what everybody thought. I thought Kellen Munn for uh, A&M was going to be like a, a Heisman contender, and it just hasn't panned out this year. So uh, Jimbo Fisher year two uh, – A&M's just not quite there yet. I do think Jimbo is going to have them. Uh, he's got them, got them up and coming. I don't know at Jimbo's tenure, though, at A&M, if they're ever going to compete with Bama or Georgia, but they might. I do think they're on the uptrend, but it's just not this year. They, they're just not quite there yet. All right, final game, Tony Donahue, Florida State, rolls into Clemson. Going to be a good afternoon, 3.30 game. Uh, but I really think Clemson better not fall asleep against uh, Florida State because this is a game that the Florida State Seminoles can sneak up on on uh, Clemson and get a huge win today. Yeah, Clemson's a very tough place to play, um, and and Florida State's been been so up and down this year. You know, at three and two, I, I don't know what Florida State is. I don't know what they're going to be. Uh, obviously, you you prep week in and week out. Um, and it's hard to prep for Clemson and what Trevor Lawrence can throw at you. Uh, so we'll see. I don't expect this game to, to be close in the second half. Um, you just got to worry about what's going on with Florida State. You know, you start the year, you lose to Boise State. You had to pull out overtime to beat UL Monroe. Uh, you fall to Virginia. But you, you've got it rolling the last two weeks against okay opponents in Louisville and North Carolina State. Uh, but Florida State can make some noise. They got ranked opponents the next two weeks, uh, but I don't. I just don't expect this to be close. That twenty-seven point spread uh, kind of tells you all you need to know. All right, guys, let's wrap up the segment here. I got to talk about my St. Louis Cardinals, and I got to go. I got. I got to throw salt in the wound there, uh, Rick. Rick, and I know you're a, a, a Braves fan, and uh, man, man, what happened with the Braves? But, okay, the Cardinals lost game one of the Nationals, but we are down to the final four, uh, Rick. We've got the Yankees and the Astros, and we've got the Cardinals and the Nationals. It's going to be a good feel-good story, as we talked a little bit earlier with Matt Hicks, uh, it, for the Yankees and the Nationals to be in uh, there. But I think Houston can beat the Yankees, and it's going to be a tough series for the Cardinals. I love my Cardinals, but, uh, man, here we are. What are your thoughts, Rick? Uh, my thoughts are – I mean, you're you're getting ready to see what I see in the Cardinals. Is they're the luckiest team in baseball, 
<laughs> and they don't belong in the playoffs whatsoever. I mean, this is a, this is a game for blue single October. that just that just a, a little blue single that skipped off Freddie Freeman's glove in game game four. That was a catch. That series is over, and the Braves are moving on. Uh, the Cards are going to get swept by the Nats, and then you'll understand why I'm saying that, that the Cards are the luckiest team in baseball. I think I think going into the broom closet is just a little bit too early, but. I, I, I do think that the Cardinals got their work cut out for him. Tony, what are your thoughts on the Final Four MLB? My original World Series heading in was Astros and Cardinals. I like the Cardinals because they get so many ground ball outs. They're third in MLB in stolen bases. Uh, the pitching always seems uh, to be there when it needs to be in October, and that's how you win is, is, is small ball and good pitching in the fall. I'm not a Cardinals fan at all. Um, but I thought the Nationals and the walk-off with, or with the Howie Kendrick home run, the grand slam against the Dodgers, uh, saw the Dodgers do what the Dodgers do and choke. Um, the Nationals and Cardinals, I mean, that's going to be a fun series, but I'm excited for the, Ast- or for the Astros and Yankees. That's going to be one of the best series we see. That's going to be one of the best American League Championship series we've ever seen, and the winner of the Astros and Yankees will most certainly go on to win the World Series. Well, you're probably right about that. Uh, Tony and Rick, can, are you guys going to stick around for the next segment, or you guys got to bail? I got to bail. I'll, I'll uh, stick around. Okay, Tony, Rick, where can people find your work at Masterpieces, sir? Uh, inside bathroom stalls and then on Twitter, at Rick and underscore Rick. Inside bathroom stalls. stalls. Hey, you know, that's, that's where most – got his his start at was bathroom stall. So hey. Well you know. he he was my inspiration. <laughs> hey, you know what? Tony, you were, it's a good thing you weren't on last week because Rick totally took us off the rail. We we got we got into manscaping talk and all kinds of stuff. So I mean Tony Tony kept us in line that. line this week. We didn't we didn't do any manscaping or anything like that. All right, buddy. Rick, you have yourself a good weekend. Guys, we gotta take a break. We'll be right back with Kraft Beat Rider for the Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com and Mo for the BS Sports Show. Double the fun at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. See the largest antelope on Earth, the giant eland, and the ugliest creature on Earth, the African warthog. There's so much to see and do, including the Midwest's only drive-through safari. Feed the animals. See live educational shows. Feel the excitement. Have your picture taken with a python or cockatoo. Feel the adventure. Shop the Symbol Lodge gift shop with items available from around the globe. Visit the snack bar or picnic facilities. Enjoy a pony or camel ride. Or cheer your favorite porker on to victory in the famous Pork Chop Down. Bring your family to see the rare and exotic animals at African Safari Wildlife Park in Port Clinton, Ohio. Just take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the sign. Only 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. 
The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. quarter of the game. Thank you to Matthew Embry, WSBT up at South Bend, official uh, 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 IndyCar contributor uh, for us, and also uh, the flagship station with Notre Dame. Notre Dame, big game tonight against USC. Also, Rick Riggin, our official college football uh, contributor, uh, joins us as well. Joined us as well. Matt Hicks uh, joins us. As Man, we just have had a, a lineup of A-list, and we speaking of A-list, we continue on with Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast, Mo from the BS Sports Show, and Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor, and with SI.com. We'll start with you, Ed. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm doing good, Tom. I hope all's well on your end. We're, we're doing good. We're rolling, we're rolling on into the weekend. Mo from the BS Sports Show. Mo, how is you? I'm alive. You're alive. Well, that's a good thing, right? You know, my grandpa used to say it's going to be a good day if you wake up on this side of the earth. Uh, so, Tony Donahue, sixth round from us from last segment uh, from the Tony D podcast. Tony, you still with us? I'm here. All right, let's rock and roll, guys. So we got to start off with the movie question. We already know Tony's answer, but we don't have the answer for from Ed and uh, Mo. Now we talked about the Joker last week, so. What we're adding to the list now is the new Breaking Bad movie, El Camino, came out tonight. Uh, the question was, the poll is, would you rather see the Joker or El Camino? But I kind of think I know the answer for Ed, but let's go with you, Mo. What are your answer, uh, El Camino or the Joker? Well, I've seen the Joker, but I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad, so I would have to watch that first to uh, catch up on the movie. You know, I, I started that, and it's a really good series. To, it's a good one to, to binge on Netflix, and I might start that back up again. Speaking of Netflix, there's a good show you guys got to check out on Netflix. I know I'm getting in the weeds here a little bit. It's called The Spy, and it stars that that uh, that, that guy that um, – oh, uh, the comedian guy from the Middle East that did all that, those spoof shows. Uh 
Somebody help me out here. I can't remember his name. Huh? Borat. 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 It stores Borat, but he's in a very – yeah, that's exactly right. And that's how I found it because I thought, well, this is just going to be kind of a lazy Saturday, just kind of watch something funny. turned out to be a very serious show. I got hooked. Check out The Spy. I've given them some free free, uh, uh, publicity here, but check out The Spy on Netflix. Ed, uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, uh, El Camino – but we know you don't want to go see the Joker, so. <laughs> well, I, I would probably say none of the none of the above, just because I'm I'm with Mo there. I've never seen an episode of Breaking Bad, although I watched uh, a couple seasons of um, Better Call Saul, which I guess was kind of a a prequel to the Breaking spin-off. Bad, I guess. Yeah, the spinoff. But um, yeah, I, I I don't know. I I know someone who went to see El Camino last night and was not impressed, but uh, he's not impressed by a whole lot. So I don't know whether what to make of that, but I don't think I'd see either one to be. Well, you know, I'm a big uh, Sons of Anarchy fan, so I saw all of that, and then I'm now I'm on their spinoff now called the Mayans, which is just fantastic. So if you're a Sons of Anarchy fan, so we say all that so we can get our hashtags in on Twitter so we can draw listeners in. So thanks, guys, for helping us out with that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and let's – I mean, come on. Let's be honest. It's all, it's all about it's all about the money. It's all about the numbers. No. Um, I, I do want to get you guys to take just briefly because I don't want to go off in the weeds on this because we, we, we did this earlier. I want to start with you, Ed. What are your thoughts about the NBA in China? Just give me your, your opinion, black and white. Well, I mean, you know, I think the NBA probably should take a stand against uh, China uh, would be my, my view. I know that the Chinese national team was here in Philadelphia to play a, an exhibition against the, uh, against the Sixers and, you know, Sixers hammered them, but um, you know, I know there's been a lot of talk about it, and, and I think the NBA should take a stand and uh, and stand up against it, against China. Mo, black and white. What are your what 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 is just your opinion on it? I mean, you know, for the NBA, it's all about growing their game and becoming a global game. Good into the day for the NBA. I, I think it's still all about the money, so I think they're going to try to repair their relationship with their sponsors. They've all uh, taken a hiatus from them, the Chinese sponsors. So. At the end of the day, I think it comes down to money, and uh, the NBA will probably uh, take a, a step backwards and try to get those sponsors. Tony, what are your thoughts, black and white, on China? Yeah, a little bit of both. I mean, I think you got to repair the relationship. There's just so many fans over there that follow guys like James Harden and Steph Curry that 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 that, that helps the brand. Um, outside of that, man, I'm just I'm just really excited to. To watch the NBA this year, there's a lot of balance I think uh, that we haven't seen in recent years. Uh, there's been some shifting of players, as we know, and uh, I'm just really excited to, to to get the regular season started here in two weeks. You know, and, and my black and white opinion is this, and I think everybody knows me that knows me what my opinion is. I think the NBA bent over and said, uh, "Thank you, sir. Uh, we'll have another." And I, I think they were really bent out of shape. It really bent me the wrong way. Uh, when Laura Ingram uh, uh, a couple years ago, a year ago, said to LeBron James, stay in your lane, shut up and dribble. Uh, but uh, China says to the NBA, shut up and dribble, and that's exactly what they did. And I could go on a, on a tangent that will last for the rest of the show, but I choose not to do that. The NBA, big black eye. They got to fix this, and, and I hope that they do. Ed Kratz, let's start with the NFL talk. The skin's got to find the coach. They say goodbye to Gruden. We talked a little bit about earlier in the last segment about maybe Brian Kelly or Lincoln Riley, but what are your thoughts? The Skins uh, part ways with Gruden, and he'll probably 
uh, be on his brother's team before we know it. But uh, what are your thoughts, uh, the Redskins, where do they go from here? Yeah, well, I mean, it, I'm not sure how many coaches are going to be successful in Washington. Uh, with that owner, uh, Daniel Snyder there, he just doesn't give enough resources for a coach to have uh, any kind of long-term success. I, I mean, you look – uh, you know, look at their left tackle situation. Trent Williams doesn't want to play there because of a, a bad medical diagnosis, and uh, he's holding out. I don't know why you wouldn't try to trade him and recoup what you can in a trade, but yet, you know, he continues to, to sit out. A um, lot of unhappiness down there. You look at Dwayne Haskins, who got drafted, uh, you know, 15th overall, I think it was, and he's, he's kind of buried. I mean, they're going to start Case Keenum uh, in Miami, and I know Haskins will be the backup, but you know, I think if you're moving forward and you're the owner, Daniel Snyder, you have to find a coach that, uh, you know, kind of like what McVay did with Jared Goff, you have to find a coach that can uh, repair this relationship with Dwayne Haskins and uh, play to his strengths. And, you know, I don't know who that's going to be. You mentioned a couple names there. I don't know if, uh, if they're the answer, but, you know, that's kind of the key to me is they have to find a coach that uh, is going to uh, get the best and, unlock the potential that somebody saw in Haskins when they drafted him in the first round. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor, and with SI.com. Obviously, we don't like to kick things off with you with the Eagles uh, because that's what you do. The Eagles got the Vikings, you know, but I'm concerned about the Eagles' defense, and I have to admit that I'm one of those people that drop their defenses. But I drop defenses all the time, so not pushing the alarm button. But looking at the statistics between ESPN and and Yahoo Fantasy, Fantasy owners are dropping the Eagles' defense like nobody's business. What's going on, man? Well, I hope you played them last week when they had the Jets on, uh, on the schedule. They I had, didn't. You know, I know. I left them on my bench, too. Uh, <laughs> well, that was, a, that was a big points game if you had them. I mean, the first team in NFL history to have at least 10 sacks and score two defensive touchdowns and just a dominating effort against the Jets. And uh, Jets were probably the worst team I've seen uh, in a long time, to be honest, uh, up close. But, uh, you know, th- their defense this week, I mean, they have the number one rushing defense in the league. They only give up 63 yards per game on the ground. So, you know, they're having great success at stopping the run. And, you know, they've played some pretty good backs, Carrion Johnson, uh, uh, Le'Veon Bell, and uh, they haven't given up a 100-yard rusher in eight straight games. That's going to be a big test this week with Dalvin Cook. Uh, who, of course, is second in the league in, uh, in uh, yards gained on the ground behind Christian McCaffrey. Uh, but I think that Minnesota Vikings line is a little banged up. You know, the rookie center is injured, uh, Garrett Bradbury, and he's even struggling uh, before he suffered a shoulder injury. They're going to be without their starting guard, Josh Klein. Um, and I just think the Eagles' defensive line is going to probably dominate this game and stop the run and make Kirk Cousins beat them. And that's where you're running the trouble with the Eagles is uh, with their cornerbacks. Uh, you know, they're going to get Sidney Jones back. Uh, this week, he missed last week's game with a hamstring injury. I, I'm not sure how good he is anyway when fully healthy. Um, but, you know, obviously Adam Thielen and, and Stefan Diggs are, are going to test these corners. And uh, the Eagles are going to have to pressure Kirk Cousins. When Kirk Cousins is pressured, he does tend to throw interceptions. The Eagles have uh, six interceptions this season already as a defense. Um, and, and Zach Brown, the Eagles linebacker who played in Washington with Cousins the last two years, said yesterday – uh, to me and a couple others in the locker room that uh, Kirk Cousins is careless with the ball. That's the one thing he noticed when he was in Washington. They want to put the ball in Kirk Cousins' hands uh, to see what he can do. And, uh, you know, I think that plays to the Eagles' strengths as uh, this, the pass rush in this game against, like I said, that offensive line. And I, I think the Eagles are going to win this game. I think it might be close. It's You know, obviously it's in Minnesota. But uh, I think the Eagles' defense will be okay in this game. 
Moving to be a sports show also uh, covers the Browns and the Bears. Talk with us. Bears are, are coming out really good. Uh, they got, they've had a good showing. But the Browns are a little bit disappointing. So we talked about this last week. We talked about it about the week before. Maybe we just had too much hype and too much expectations for the Cleveland Browns. But uh, you, your, your two teams, the Browns and the Bears, what say you, sir? Well, I think the Bears are uh, are happy to be on a bye week this week. You uh, you know, get some time to uh, work with Chase Daniel, a little more time uh, to heal Mitchell Trubisky. Uh, for the Browns, I mean, you know, it, it's an offense that's totally gotten away from what they did that was successful last year. Baker Mayfield hold on to the ball way too long. And I think a lot of that is that between Baker Mayfield and Freddie Kitchens, they're trying to figure out ways to get Odell Beckham Jr. more involved. And that's a lot of times it's had Baker holding the ball uh, too long, and their offensive line is not good. You know, the week before when they beat the Ravens, they ran the ball, and they ran it down their throats, and, and they kind of got away from that a little bit this week. And that's also with San Francisco had their defense on the field a ton. Now, not that their defense is stopping anybody, but they were on the field a whole bunch. Uh, you know, there's a lot of issues with this offense. And, you know, the loss of David and Joe for the tight end early on didn't help things at all. But this offense is, is more from what it was last year and something that's not very good right now. Baker's got to get the ball out quick. If they're going to get Odell more involved, not that always has to be the home run ball, get him involved in those short passes, which they were very successful with last year, with not only their wide receivers but with their running backs, and, and get the ball out of Baker's hands quick because this offensive line can't block anybody. Uh, joining us now to help me play the homer card is Tony Donahue uh, from the great city here in Indianapolis. Tony Donahue, Indy on Twitter. And uh, best free agent out there in the local market. If you guys need a, a stud of a, of, a, uh, of a sports guy, he's your guy. Tony D Podcast. Check him out. But, Tony, what are your thoughts? This week, we saw Andrew Luck at the Colts Complex. Let's put on our tinfoil hat a little bit here. I kind of think it's like – I broke up with my girlfriend, but I'm still hanging out with her. I kind of just felt like that it put a shadow over the leadership of Jacoby Brissett. Not that there's anything wrong with Luck coming to the, to the Colts complex. And I, I'm sure that does something for morale on a great win against Kansas City. But let's talk about the Colts. But, I mean, should we pay attention to Luck being at the Colts complex this week? No, I mean, I think the only thing that I that I saw in that was just how so yoked up he looked and and how ripped and big he looked. Um, I think he was there to do some charity work during the bye week, which was probably already pre-scheduled. And if we all know Andrew Luck like we think we do. Um, He's a great guy. He honors commitments, and he loves to do charity work. So I think it was nothing more than a a charity work, stop and say hello to everybody. Uh, There happened to be a picture taken. Um, Was very impressed with the Colts' performance last week. I don't think anybody really expected that. It'll be interesting to see what Kansas City does against Another tough defense, uh, which is something we haven't said about the Colts defense in a long time, but we'll see what the Chiefs can do tomorrow against the Texans. Uh, it's going to be another battle for Patrick Mahomes uh, because we know how great the, the Texans defense can be. And you know they had, a, they had a keen eye on what the Colts did in limiting Patrick Mahomes last Sunday night. You know, uh, and, and you're part of the local media here, and you hear what I hear, but – we're hearing that Frank Reich is the best coach that the Colts have had since Tony Dungy. Yeah, I mean, he, he certainly made the adjustments he's need to make. Um, he's got Matt Eberflus uh, running that defense very well right now. But, again, you're only as good as your last game. And remember two weeks ago we were sitting here saying, oh, well, we're questioning them because they didn't pick up a home win against the Raiders, and the Raiders aren't supposed to be that good. So 
Uh, I think the jury's still out on that. He's a great coach. He's a great offensive mind. Um, he's ballsy. He doesn't mind going for it, which I like. Um, but with the comparison to Tony Dungy, I think we all need to maybe pump the brakes a little bit on that. Okay. And I, I agree, but I think that he's certainly in the conversation. And, and Ed, uh, we're, we're going to get into these other games here, but you know uh, Frank Reich very well from, the, from, your time, from his time with the Eagles. But, uh, again, here in local media, a lot of people, hot takes are saying he's the best coach since uh, Tony Dungy. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I've made my feelings known on Frank, you know, many weeks on this show. And, I, you know, I am a big fan of Frank Reich. I think he's a terrific coach. And um, he was just as big a part of that Eagles Super Bowl win as anybody else uh, in that coach, on that coaching staff and, you know, in that locker room. I just think that, you know, he's a very mature coach. I think he's uh, able to adjust whatever his philosophies are offensively and defense with the personnel that he has on hand. I mean, you're kind of seeing that this year. Um, He's not relying on Jacoby Brissett as much. He's really given that running game uh, a chance to flourish. He's sticking with it. Um, And and that's not always easy to do as a head coach, but, you know, he's playing to uh, what his team's strengths are. Whereas last year when Luck was healthy and threw, what was it, 39 touchdown passes, uh, you know, he played to, to Luck's strength. So I just think, what makes Frank a good coach is not only his maturity, his understanding of the game, but just being able to adapt and be adaptable in game uh, and through the off season when he can identify what his team is going to be able to do best. And, and then he plays to their strengths. So um, I'm really happy he's having a success. And I, you know, I know that I'm not the only one who feels that strongly about Frank Reich in Philadelphia, uh, having covered him here. Um, I know a lot of others feel the same way about him. Ed Kratz is the beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles. Check his work out on Ed Kratz on, on SI.com. Uh, Ed, we go across the pond. Uh, the Panthers, my my other team that I have to root for, I'm obligated to. But uh, I, I tell you what, uh, Allen is, is making a statement, and I think that we're to a point where maybe we're having a different conversation where the, the Panthers are going away from uh, uh, Cam Newton, and we'll see what happens. I and mean, he might pull an Andrew Luck. And, of course, uh, former Colts uh, coach Bruce Arians, uh, the Buccaneers, uh, a lot of uh, ups and downs uh, with them. They're across the ponds. The Buccaneers have the home field, if you will. Uh, but the Panthers and the Buccaneers in London. Uh, well, uh, you know, I picked the Panthers to win their division at the start of the year, and I was really, you know, when they started out the way they did, I, I looked kind of stupid for doing that. But I like the way they're playing under Kyle Allen. I really do. And the, and the Bucks are kind of up and down. You know, they, they they had a good game a couple weeks ago, and then last week they go to New Orleans and they kind of lay an egg against the Saints. I kind of thought maybe they were finding their groove under Bruce Arians. So, you know, I don't know what kind of Bucks team is going to show up this week, but I do like the way the Panthers uh, are playing under Kyle Allen. So, uh, you know, I think the Panthers are kind of a team that's taken off now. And Christian McCaffrey, you know, what can you say? I mean, that guy probably should be in the MVP conversation by the end of the year. But, you know, it always seems like that award goes to a quarterback. But, you know, I think Christian McCaffrey could easily win, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the uh, MVP award this year, the way, way he's playing. You know, talking to my son, and, of course, they're, they're embedded in the, the Carolina Panthers because they live there. But, they're really worried about uh, McCaffrey and, and, and how injury prone that he is. So we'll see if that that happens. But uh, you know, but on the safe side, I picked up his backups just just in case for fantasy football. I'm putting him in my depth. Uh, <laughs> Mo from the BS Sports Show, uh, uh, Mo Radio Show on Twitter. Check him out. Uh, Redskins at the Dolphins. Dolphins uh, tanking for uh, uh, for Tua, uh, but. Uh, <laughs> 
Not a lot to talk about with this game, but it's the next one in line. What are your thoughts, sir? Uh, I think I'd rather have people feeding the dead fish for three hours and have to sit down and be subjected to this game. There is uh, absolutely no entertainment value to this game whatsoever. You can actually go to the Dolphins uh, Redskins game cheaper than you can go to the Miami Zoo on Sunday. So uh, I actually hope that they tie and need a one win. Tony, uh, Don here for the Tony D podcast, Saints at the Jags. I mean, going back to the Eagles, they thought they had Johnny O. St. Nick. That's unfortunate because I really do like Nick Foles as a quarterback. But, man, are they in love with their quarterback in Jacksonville, and they bring in the Saints, and they're ready to go. Yeah, it looks like Jalen Ramsey's going to return. Uh, Gardner Minshew's done exactly what he's needed to do. Um, and I like the Jaguars in this game. It seems like the Saints, all their games have been elevated this year. There's been dramatic. They've gone down to the wire. You remember the Rams game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. Um, I like the Jaguars to pull this one out in the low-scoring contest. I tell you what, I love the meme. I know it's it, it was it, it, it's all in fun spirited, guys. But I love the meme that showed Minshew and and Nick Foles. Nick Foles got his, his arm around Minshew or whatever, and he says, "Now this is how a backup quarterback it does." <laughs> I, I could I could not laugh not laugh at that, Ed. Uh, this is how this is how you become a, a good backup quarterback. Uh, Let's talk about the Ravens, Ed. The, the Ravens host the Bengals. Bengals, certainly nothing exciting happening there. And, well, Ravens uh, depends on who, what, week they, what week the Ravens decide to play football. Uh, Ed, Bengals and Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I, you, you can't really say for sure the Ravens will win this game after what Cleveland did to uh, Baltimore going in there a couple of weeks ago and, you know, putting up 40-plus points on them. So, uh, but, you know, the Browns roster is – infinitely more talented than Cincinnati's. I, you know, I keep waiting for that fire sale. For the, you mean Bengals? The Bengals to see. Yeah, the Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, you know, that fire sale is coming sooner or later, and they just might be the worst team. I know they have to play the Dolphins yet, and that'll, you know, that'll be another stinker. But, um, you know, they could go winless, or they could win one or two games. Either way, they're going to be t- taken in the top three in the draft, and they'll probably go after a quarterback. You know, there's some good quarterbacks out there. You mentioned Tua. You have Jake Fromm. I don't know. I guess he's eligible for Georgia to come out. Um, Jake Herbert out at Oregon. I mean, there's going to be some good quarterbacks that are, are going to be available. Yeah, the Bengals fire sale, I think, should probably be starting real soon. Trade deadline's October 29th. That's creeping up. Uh, it'll be, you know, really the only interest in them is, you know, where's A.J. AJ Green going to go? And maybe Geno Atkins gets dealt too. But they need to, you know, they need to start selling off some of these players and get some draft picks to start building for the future with their new head coach. All right, guys, we only got a couple minutes left, and so we need to wrap it up because of the Final Four and the MLB. We've talked to Tony a little bit in the last segment about the Final Four, but we'll start with, with you, Mo. You've got the Yankees and the Astros and my beloved Cardinals and the Nationals. Uh, the Cardinals uh, really uh, uh, put the Braves to sleep, and the Braves did what the Braves do in October, and that's what they do called choking. I don't know if they choked or not, but that was the best, best game five I mean, I, I, I turned on the radio, put it in my ears on, on the way home. I'm about a 45-minute drive from my office to my house. By the time I got to my house, we were at 10-0, to zero, the most points scored in, in a uh, MLB playoff game ever in the history of MLB. So my Cardinals uh, shut down the Braves, and obviously the Astros uh, uh, shut down the Rays in, a, in just a 
The the Yankees swept the uh, the Twins. Interesting stat I heard this week: sixteen consecutive games uh, in the in the playoffs that the Twins have lost to the Yankees. So, what are your thoughts on the final four, Mo? Well, evidently the Cardinals they decided to blow their wad against uh, the Atlanta because they uh, decided to take a day off last night. Uh, being a diehard Cubs fan, I'm 100% cheering for the Nationals. Uh, you know, it looks like a different Nationals team than those the past few years. And ironically, they've advanced in the playoffs, uh, you know, minus Bryce Harper. So it's uh, it's a good story, you know. And at the end of the day, I think that they possess probably the best pitcher in their league and Max Scherzer, and that could give them the edge. Uh, you know, as far as the American League goes, you know, it, yeah, power hitting against power pitching, which is going to be fun. Uh, you know, Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole and that crew uh, in Houston. Not only can they have do they pitch well, but they also, uh, you know, they also hit the ball pretty darn well too. The Yankees. The only concern for me is, is can that pitching uh, hold up for them to get through the series. This, this is probably going to be the World Series in most people's minds watching this ALCS with the uh, Yankees in Houston. Uh, I'm going to take Houston to move on. It'll be Houston and Washington in the World Series. And what are your thoughts? And, you know, you're a National League guy. You, you cover the Phillies somewhat there, and the Phillies uh, fired their manager this week. But what are your thoughts on the uh, Final Four and the MLB? Yeah, I, you know, I think I mentioned last week or two weeks ago I can't, to watch out for the Nationals after winning that wild card game. Um, you know, they hadn't won anything in the playoffs since they were the Senators way back when. So uh, I thought that gave them – they kind of got the monkey off their back, allows them to play a little bit looser and freer. And, uh, you know, that was, that, was a nice, that was a nice accomplishment taking out the Dodgers. I mean, I, I think everybody wanted to thought the Dodgers and the uh, Astros would end up in the series. But, uh, you know, the Nationals got the pitching they needed. They got the timely hitting. And, you know, I think they're a real dangerous team. And, uh, you know, I know you love the Cardinals, but I think it's going to be the Nationals in the World Series. And I, I wouldn't be too quick to anoint the Yankee-Astros uh, series winner, uh, the World Series champs either, because I think the Nationals uh, are, are very under the radar still at this point uh, and can be a force if they get to the World Series and, and win the thing. I mean, I think they have the pitching. Like I said, they have the timely hitting. Uh, I like the way Juan Soto plays. Uh, you know, I like the way that team hustles, and they have the monkey off their back, and they're playing loose and free. I love the Astros-Yankees series. I think it's going to be a fun series to watch. I hope it goes seven. I love game seven. Um, the Astros, I don't think, pitched all that well in the uh, uh, in the divisional round, so we'll see how their pitching kind of does this this time, or you know, against the Yankees because they're going to need it uh, to quiet that Yankees lineup. Well, I'll tell you what, my Cardinals take uh, take the field at, at 4 o'clock today, and so we'll we'll see what happens. All right, guys, we've got to wrap it up and put a bow on it. Thanks, uh, Tony Donahue. Thank you for sticking around and joining us. Where can people find your work in Masterpieces? And, and in all seriousness, guys, Tony's got a pretty cool podcast, and he's got a pretty cool little uh, uh, quick Twitter thing that he does. It's an in-and-out kind of thing. But, uh, Tony, uh, I, I'm, uh, I'm rooting for you, man, and, and uh, we, we try to get you out there as much as we can. But, uh, talk to us about what you're working on there on the podcast and where can people find you. Yeah, appreciate it. That's Tony D. Indy on Twitter, the Tony D. Podcast. And we'll be launching a college basketball uh, video blog, talking a little college hoops, a little betting on college hoops here over the next couple of weeks. Sweet. Well, we'll make sure that we get that posted for you. Tony, you have yourself a good day, sir. You too, man. Go Irish. Uh, yes, yes. Tony Donahue of Tony Donahue. Uh, Tony D podcast. I, I like Tony. Been around the indie market for a long time. We had Matt Hicks on earlier. Uh, 
and Mo knows this oh too well in the radio industry. Uh, uh, sometimes you, job security is not. Let's put it that way. Job security is not the, the your friend in, in radio, and and uh, we know that oh too well. And believe me, I know that oh too well as well. Uh, so uh, root for Tony to get a new gig, and root for Matt Hicks to get a new gig. Uh, but uh, Mo from the BS Sports Show, what are you guys working on? Well, if you can't find anything better than have somebody kick in the balls, you can check out my Twitter at Mo Radio Show. <laughs> Deal. All right, buddy. We'll talk with you soon. Have yourself a good weekend. All right, guys. Have a great weekend. See you, Mo. Ed, Ed Kratz, beat writer for Philadelphia Eagles, SI.com. How are you liking your new gig, sir? Hey, man, I, I'm enjoying it. You know, I'm a <laughs> whole set of ex- different expectation levels. Um, and, and, you know, you mentioned it's tough in radio. It's tough out there in, you know, in, in journalism and print and all that other yeah. stuff, too. With, you know, newspapers going down and, you know, magazines and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, digital is really the wave of the, the wave of the now and the future. So uh, it's, it's tough out there. It's a t- tough gig, but it's still a very necessary uh, operation, uh, you know, journalism is. So, um, yeah. But I, yeah, I wish Tony all, all the best and, and, and Hicks as well. Yeah. Now, uh, Tony was on uh, local media here with the Colts pregame shows and stuff with uh, with uh, what the, the the drive with JMV with the, the afternoon drive show, and they decided that they were going to shrink some things. And and so I, I I saw I saw John out at the Colts game. I said, man, he's like, yeah, I know. Nobody saw that coming, and it was just basically they they went from two guys to one guy, if that makes any sense. So they decided that they. Yeah. That uh, uh, Tony was a casualty, but it is what it is. Tony has got a good podcast, yeah, and I and I'm I'm going to promote him a little bit here. But anyway, uh, so uh, where can people find your work in masterpieces, sir? Yeah, you know I'd like to listen to that podcast at some point sure. too, uh, especially the Go college ahead, basketball it. one. So yeah, that that'd be great to to promo that. But uh, yeah, I'm thinking of actually starting a podcast. To be honest, me and a couple guys are kicking it around, and Eagles. Uh, Kind of a sports reporters format type of thing. So you gotta we'll, we'll have see me on, goes, man. But, um, you gotta have me on oh, when you do sure, it. Sure, man. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, well, yeah, you can hit me up at Twitter, Kratzy at Kratz at K R A C Z E, and you know I usually post all my SI stuff there. So. Uh, okay, uh, Ed. I'm sorry. I thought I lost you there. <laughs> you have yourself a good weekend, no, sir. No, we'll man. see what happens. Go Cardinals, man. Mm. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hope it goes seven. I love seven games. Yes, sir. All right. We'll talk with you soon. All right. Thank you, Tom. I'll see you. Um, bye-bye. Ed Kratz, b Rod of Philadelphia Eagles, our official NFL contributor. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you to Matthew Embry, WSBT up in South Bend, um, joins us and talks some um, Notre Dame, Fighting Irish, and USC and the, and the IndyCar uh, funny season. Thank you to Matthew Hicks playing the homer card for me as well. And thank you to Rick Rickin. Official college football contributor, Tony Donahue from the Tony D Podcast. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles at SI.com. And Mo from the BS Sports Show. i tell you what, what a great show it was. Go Cardinals, man. i tell you what, go Cardinals, go Irish. I'm excited about my Cardinals. Wear my Cardinal hat right now. That's right. Remember, don't trick a drive. It isn't cool. My name's Tom Marcus El Presidente. We'll see you next week. I'm out of here. Deuces.
Join us next week for The Balance. In the meantime, check us out on Twitter, T-Balance, or Facebook, The Balance, or online at www.thebalanceonline.com.